This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady back. Her name is Angela Morabito. She is a former press, uh, press secretary with the Department of Education. Also now, DFI policy spokesperson. Angela, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm doing re- real well, Joe. Thanks for having me back. You, you're very welcome. There's a lot to talk about here. I, I want to start with this, and this is not a loaded question. I really mean it. Do you think there should be a Department of Education? I don't. I think the Department of Education has not accomplished its goal of improving educational achievement in the United States. Uh, in what, fact, what, if anything. Yeah. Well, what, what I don't like is that depending on who the president is, it acts differently when I don't think that it should really do that. Like when Obama was in, uh, they were sending out things with, from Arnie Duncan that, that said, what can you do for your president today? Which is very strange and, dictor- uh, and di- dictator-like. Um, and then when Trump was in there, let you guys do what you do and try to help education. Now that we've got Biden in there, the, the, the head, this guy Cardona, whatever his name is, uh, he's out there not wearing a mask, making the kids wear the mask and talking about trains and sports and stuff. Well, why not just get rid of that and let the states handle it? That is the, I would say it's a million dollar question, Joe, but it's actually a several billion dollar question if you do the math on what the department spends every year. There are only really two functions of the Department of Ed that I think are really uh, important to keep around. The first is the Office for Civil Rights, which, just like the name says, it's tasked with protecting students' rights and education. Uh, and the second is federal student aid, although that may not really be necessary. Congress could decide to get the federal government out of the student loan business altogether. Right. FSA may be better better um, if it had been moved to the Treasury, and I think that right. Civil Rights Office more rightfully belongs with the Department of Justice. Well, I'm with you. I think that we covered I think it's a redundancy, to be honest with you. And Jimmy Carter came up with the Department of Education, and maybe he had a good idea in his head, but I don't think it's worked out very well, because, again, the policies change depending on who's in the White House, and education should not be pushed by politics, in my opinion. Just teach the three R's and teach civics and teach history and teach biology and, and then move on. For some reason, they've become sort of hotbeds of wokeness, and it's hard to make that stop once it starts. I don't know if you, if you watch TikTok at all, but on TikTok, you've got all these teachers with their pride flags and their trans flags. I'm going to do this, and you've got to call me Zier and Zim instead of just saying Miss This or Mr. That as the teacher, and then teach actual education. It, it, they really are little hotbeds of indoctrination, are they not? They are, and there are so many rank-and-file teachers out there who aren't like that, who are involved yeah. in that profession because they want to help kids. But their voices get drowned out, not just by the TikTok crazies of whom there are a frightening number, but also by teacher union bosses who don't have the best interests of their teacher members at heart 
certainly don't have the best interests of their students at heart. That high level of the teacher unions is really dedicated toward driving an ideology and using America's classrooms to do it. When you were the press secretary of the Department of Ed, it was under Betsy DeVos, right? That's right. All right, so uh, when, when that was going on, what was the planning like? Did you work with teachers' unions? Because I get the feeling that teachers' unions, people like Randy Weingarten, just don't like anybody. I, and I don't see them actually dealing with anybody. I, I think they like to get on social media and yell and scream and act, and act crazy. Do you work with teachers' unions or not? Uh, we really did not, and it's not because we were throwing up a wall and saying, no, don't talk to us. It's because they would have nothing to do with us or with that administration, and it comes down to two words, really. It is all about school choice. Right. Uh, Secretary DeVos, and now more generally, the conservative part of America, is all for school choice, which is a wonderful thing to see because it has demonstrated excellent results in boosting student achievement, improving parent satisfaction. It forces schools to compete rather than just letting one school have a monopoly over certain territory. Right. But Teacher unions know this. They know that if parents have options, a great many of them are going to pick a place other than their government-assigned public school. And they're terrified of this. They don't want the competition. So that puts them uh, working against what students and families want and deserve when they stand in the way of school choice. You know, I couldn't agree more, and I think you and I have uh, spoken about this before. Exponentially, school choice helps lower-achieving areas better than higher-achieving areas. It helps out lower-income areas better than higher-income areas. It helps out higher-crime areas better than lower-crime areas because those schools are the ones that, generally speaking, are failing, and those who are in middle-to-upper-income ranges might be able to send their kid to, uh, to something other than a public school. Why wouldn't we want competition? Competition makes every business better, whether it's hamburgers or education. It makes you better if there's a competitive reason to get better, right? That's right. And now I'm craving a cheeseburger. <laughs> um, competition is good for everybody. And studies have shown actually that when school choice opens up, public schools don't suffer. In fact, the opposite is true. Public schools actually improve, which makes total sense because they've got to compete. Uh, the teacher unions would have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to school choice if they were really delivering an excellent product. But the part that they can never admit is that they just cannot defend their results. There are too many failing schools, struggling districts in America that are that way, not because of a lack of funding, not because the people going there aren't trying their hardest. And I say that including the teachers, right. um, but because they've been so terribly mismanaged. Um, and, and the unions can't admit that. They can't defend their product. So all they can do is stand in the way of something better. Yeah, and they yell and scream about how we're trying to take education away from kids. That's just not the case. Again, those in the upper income ranges can already send their kids to private school or a, a charter school and still pay their property taxes to pay for public school. In the lower income areas, they can't, so they've got one choice, as you said, and many times it's a failing choice, and that's not doing anybody any better. You know, when you see things like, in, I think this was Seattle, it might be the, all of Washington State, when you see things like, we're not going to grade kids anymore because it harms minorities, or uh, underserved, or or whatever the whatever the buzzword is, the intersectional kids aren't getting the right education. So instead of putting an A, B, C, D, or F, we're just going to give them nothing and just give them the diploma, and then I guess send them out into the workforce where they're not going to be prepared to do that. Are we achieving anything by not scoring kids and by and by acting as if if you're other than white, you don't have the same ability to learn as white kids do? Well, we do achieve one thing, unfortunately, and all that is is making left-wing adults feel better about themselves. That's it, right? That's the only thing all. they're doing. 
that's it. It's the worst thing you could do for a child because think about the message that that sends to a child who is in a, a tough school in a tough situation. Instead of saying, we're going to set a really high bar and we're going to help you meet it because you can do it and we're on your team. Right. That message coming from the school is, we don't think it can do it. We're not going to help you get there. Right. So we're just going to pretend like standards don't exist. We will hand you a diploma at the end of this that is worth next to nothing and say, good luck out there because the schools failed to teach them anything. Well, Angela, they're literally saying you can't pass as well as white kids can so we're going to change the entire system to make us feel better make you feel better but these people will not be prepared when they go out there and by the way i don't care what your what your uh, status is ancestrally i think everybody has the same intelligence everybody has the same ability we should act like that wouldn't it serve us better to say well in washington state those who are other than white are not achieving as much let's figure out why and fix it Exactly. The answer is not to sweep it under the rug and yes. just inflate grades or eliminate grades altogether. That's the worst thing you can do. The message to the next generation of Americans should be this because it's true. It's everyone can achieve. Education can help them get there. But that's the problem is they're not being given the education that helps them get there. They're being given an education sometimes, if you can even call it that, that has replaced these core subjects that kids really need with progressive indoctrination and ideology. And at that point, the school isn't serving anyone, and it is students who pay the price. When they get into the workforce, they're going to fail. They're going to say, why am I failing? And right. it's, it's going to be this vicious cycle where people aren't getting the education that I thought we were paying for. It's Angela Morabito. Follow her at Angela L. Morabito, M-O-R-A-B-I-T-O, over on X. And she's the former press secretary for the Department of Ed. She's a spokesperson, policy spokesperson for DFI. Um, Post-COVID PISA testing scores. It's not PISA. It's P-I-S-A. What does that stand for? PISA stands for the Program for International Student Assessment. And, and what are we finding out? I'm sorry? What are we finding out? Oh, it is the world's largest international measure of teenage academic achievement. We're looking at 15-year-olds across something like 80-plus countries on a test that measures their abilities in math, reading, and science. So this not just, it doesn't just show us, okay, how are we doing education-wise, but it's how are we doing education-wise in terms to nearly everywhere else across the the globe. So uh, what are we finding out? I'm, I'm guessing the COVID lockdowns and having over-the-internet uh, education or no education for a while. How far back are we? Did it set us back years? It did. In fact, we lost 13 points in math from 2018 wow. to 2022. Our scores are the lowest they've ever been on the PISA. Um, our scores, scores also dropped slightly in reading and science, those raw scores. But here's where the narrative gets muddled by the left. Our rankings actually rose a little bit because other countries struggled more. So that's how you get Secretary Cardona out there saying, you know, the $200 billion we threw at the K-12 system was a great idea because we rose in the rankings. Well, no, it actually says that the money thrown at the problem of learning loss didn't accomplish that because that loss is there. It's in the scores. We cannot let him pretend that other countries' losses are our gain. All right, so we actually lost 13 points, but we because did. we moved up the ranks, he's claiming success? That's accurate. We are now at 34th in math, 9th in reading, 16th in science. And he says, well, you know, there's more work to be done, but we're doing okay. If you want America to lead in the 21st century, those scores are not okay. It is not an America first policy to be satisfied with scores that are in the middle of the packet best.
And on top of all of that, on top of the score losses, we also know that socially, kids really suffered because we need interaction as human beings and yes. keeping them out of the classroom. It, which I keep on bringing her up, but she's the loudest, nastiest voice out there, Randy Weingarten. She recently said something about how she advocated for us to get our, our kids back into school sooner than later. That's just patently untrue, isn't it? It is complete gaslighting. I mean, Joe, I was there. I saw firsthand how hard Secretary DeVos and her whole team there really worked to get schools reopened, reopened safely, beginning in really summer and fall of 2020. I also saw the teacher unions fight us every step of the way. Oh, there's an infamous tweet from a teacher union in Chicago that said the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. They just threw a bunch of negative words at something they don't like, and it didn't apply at all. If these people really cared about helping students, they would have been pushing to get schools open. And instead, they held education hostage to try and demand more policy changes that were in their favor, and especially to try to demand more money. And it's only a few years ago. It's not like we can't go back and check the tweets and check the tape. Rainey Weingarten right. did not want schools to get back in. Uh, I think the L.A. Unified School District, it might have been San Diego, I think it was L.A., they were arguing as hard as they could. They were willing to go to court and just not show up to school. If you try to, It would be a death sentence if you sent us back to school. You had many educators that were literally going on trips outside the district so they could do over-the-internet um, education and not physically be there in case somebody said go back to class. Why do they think that we'll just believe it? We know what they said. Yeah, I think Randy Weingarten is counting on mainstream media complicity to help yes. her advance this lie. But fortunately, parents and students, everybody sees right through it. Yeah. She can't fool us, uh, nor should she even try. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's incredibly important that um, we see the truth of what's going on here. And I'm glad that you're actually reporting the real scores and the fact that they went down should tell us we should never, ever do that again. It's Angela Morabito. She is a former press secretary of the Department of Education, DFI policy spokesperson, and go follow her Angela L. Morabito over on X. We've got to ask you about anti-Semitism or pro-Palestinian protests or BLM walkouts or I love Trump walkouts. Is, is there any place in our public school system that I'm forced to pay for for all of this radicalized protesting and and walking out of class and acting the fool? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And what's fascinating about these quote-unquote student-led walkouts is they're actually not really being led by students. Uh, There were toolkits published in New York and San Francisco and a handful of other cities that said, teachers, here is your guide to uh, getting students to walk out of class in support of the ceasefire. It's crazy. Oh, it's total manipulation. And then they'll say, well, this toolkit is for students. Okay, well, why is everything in it aimed at adults? Why are there scripts in there for adults to talk to students and try to persuade them to walk out? Why are there lists of chants in there? And it's telling the teacher or the adult, go find a chant leader, like ostensibly who's a student. Go make it look like kids are doing this when they're just not. I saw a piece of video out of L.A., I believe, again, where there's a group of students running through the hall carrying a Palestinian flag, and they're chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which literally means the elimination or the extermination of all the Jews. Israel can't exist if Palestine went from the River Jordan to the Mediterranean Sea. So this is obviously them pushing forth the deaths of millions of people in the Middle East. I assume the kids don't really know what the hell they're talking about. They think it's a cool song. But as you said... The adults seem to be pushing this, and not, if they're not pushing it, they're certainly accepting it. What, what should we do? I mean, can the president jump in and say, hey, knock this off? Does it have to be Cardona that does it? I mean, how do you stop this from happening and just teach the kids again? 
Well, there are two options here that I think are equally terrifying. The first is that these kids have no idea what they're doing. They're just parroting something that sounds good. Uh, the second is that they know exactly what they're doing and they think it's okay. This right. generation that's that's coming up right now is so into social media. I'm a millennial. I thought I knew social media. Right. Apparently, I didn't. These kids are so advanced. I am sure that great many of them have seen the videos and have seen descriptions of the horrors that were carried out by Hamas. Right. So if anybody doesn't know, education is absolutely the solution. If anybody does know, I think education is also a solution. Like if you're a parent and your child comes home from school calling for genocide, right. you got a problem. You got to fix it at your kitchen table. Yeah. If you are a teacher and your students think it's okay to walk out for if this in support of a terrorist group, you've got a problem in your classroom. I think the biggest and best solutions here are going to be local. But to firmly get to the heart of your question here, yes, there is a federal role here. Um, the Office for Civil Rights at the Department of Ed needs to step in. Uh, it has an obligation to step in when students' civil rights are being violated. Now, that department, that office within the department, really sat on its hands for a few weeks and said, well, we'll make it easier to file a complaint. Here's how you file a complaint. They didn't need to sit around and wait for someone to tell them what was going on on college campuses. Right. They could have stepped in right away. And finally, they did. I do give them credit for that. Better late than never. They are conducting investigations uh, into these places where anti-Semitism has been allowed to take root. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's Angela Morabito. Go follow her at Angela L. Morabito over on X. Uh, she is a policy spokesperson for DFI. Uh, thanks a million for coming back on. Let's do it again soon, Angela. Thank you. I'd love to. Thanks, Joe. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Angela Morabito brought it. Uh, I think that she's got some great ideas about what education should be. I think that the teachers' unions should not be involved. The teachers certainly should be involved, but the teachers' unions should not be because they're looking out for their own best interest and the higher-ups' best interest. I don't think they're looking out for people at all. I mean, when Rainy Weingarten can change her story from what we know she said about not going back to class, what other teachers' unions in other districts were saying about not going back to class, and now trying to rewrite history and say, we, we were for going back to class from the beginning. That's just not true. And I'll never forget what happened in Massachusetts when you had the, um, the one school district or school board talking about how there should be a law against parents watching the class on Zoom from their own homes. Like it should be against the law. Really? We paid for your ass. So that would be very strange as well. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for now. Do me a favor. Stop by all the social media. Go to Instagram. We're getting close to 300,000 on Instagram. It's Joe Talk Show. You can go to Joe Talk Show over on Getter. Joe Talk Show over on YouTube. Um, on TikTok, it's Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. We're over 200,000 there now, and we're doing our best to give you the great content, excellent videos every day. And, uh, and I would really love it if you'd go and sign up. By the way, it's free. It didn't cost you anything. That's kind of, that's kind of crazy, right? 
That is Sam Bam getting done. That is Polo and Ty. We've got uh, Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a great night. Appreciate you stopping by the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show.